successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello everybody and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. Thanks for joining us today. If you're listening on the radio on KMBZ 980 AM, if you're uh you're listening on podcasts, uh, whether that's on Google Podcasts, on uh, Stitcher Radio, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, we're everywhere. Uh, we greatly appreciate you joining us on podcasts, or if you're on our website, grillnationshow.com. Thank you very much for joining us here today. Very excited to have on Michelle Markey, but first, before we get to her and the CEO of SkillPath, I want to introduce Alan Ferris, who is with Landmark National Bank. The website is banklandmark.com. I just put that up on the, on the screen. Alan, welcome back to the show. How are you, my friend? I'm great, Jason. It's always a pleasure to join you. You know, I turn off all those do not disturb alerts on these shows, and then as soon as we go live on the internet and then on our uh, taping schedule, I just start getting blown up with texts and whatnot. It always, it never fails to happen, sir. So, uh, I apologize for that brain fart there, but banklandmark.com is the website. They're a contributor to the Grill Nation show. Uh, they join me uh, once a month, and they bring on some incredible guests. Um, Alan, let's actually preview our guests as we start, and then we'll get into some updates on the bank and some initiatives you all have been doing. Uh, tell us about our guests for today's show. Uh, we're, we're excited. Michelle Markey is the CEO of SkillPath. Most people in Kansas City know it as SkillPath. They are a leading provider of training to almost all the Forbes 1000 companies. They do about 16,000 sessions a year. Um, and a lot of people know Michelle because she was head of Fast Track at Kauffman Foundation for a number of years before she moved over to become CEO at SkillPath. So in- incredible Kansas City asset and resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to have Michelle on. I, I'm trying to remember when we started Entrepreneur KC, I had a grant with the Kauffman Foundation early on in the radio show. And I can't remember or not if she's been on before, but I know, obviously, I, I know her from her work there. And we'll get into that with her, too. But I'm excited to learn more about uh, SkillPath uh, and the research for the show. I, I just was uh, blown away by, you know, how many actual trainings they do and how big this organization is. You mentioned they work with 997 organizations in the Fortune 1000, all four major sports leagues, the NFL, the NBA, uh, Major League Baseball, and the NHL. Uh, They work with the armed forces, all the the branches of of the armed forces, as well as, uh, you know, a a lot of departments in our federal government, which, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it might be easier to say who they don't work with. <laughs> right? And so we're going to break all that down. We're going to break down, uh, kind of a little, learn a little bit more about Michelle and her background. And she's got a wealth of knowledge, uh, you know, and is very passionate about uh, helping people uh, succeed and, and helping entrepreneurs and helping business leaders and helping uh, companies grow. 
Uh, but we're going to learn a lot about her on this show. We're going to learn a lot about SkillPath. We're going to talk about kind of some of some of their uh, their innovations over the years and how they've grown. Uh, so it's going to be an exciting show, and and I uh, I hope I can leave the show with uh, with a better understanding of what what SkillPath teaches people each and every day, and hopefully get some nuggets that I can uh, put in my uh, toolbox from uh, Michelle. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a problem. <laughs> Um, Alan Ferris is joining us from Landmark National Bank. Uh, the website is banklandmark.com. Alan, uh, let's talk about some uh, some bank initiatives and updates. I, I just saw that you were uh, recognized, uh, Landmark National Bank, by Forbes uh, as one of uh, America's best in-state banks. That, that absolutely. Was absolutely. It's nice to be recognized by both the media and your peers uh, for excellence. And, you know, there are a lot of those types of matrix that, you know, we're recognized on and we're, we're, we're truly humbled by it. But it's a, it's a factor of, you know, what we like to say internally. If you do the right things and you do them for the right reasons, the right results almost always follow. Well, that's interesting and that's exciting. And that just went out uh, very recently, actually, I believe uh, late last week or this yep. week. Yep. Uh, Landmark National Bank was listed as one of Forbes 2021 America's Best In-State Banks. Uh, check that out on their website again, banklandmark.com. Also, I know you've been uh, hiring new people and growing. And uh, tell us about that and kind of, you know, where are the banks at, I guess you would say, now that uh, the world's getting back to normal again? Well, you know, we've always been aggressive at trying to build the bench and trying to create, you know, uh, a culture internally that people want to join. And we've been successful in doing that over the last three, four years in particular. Recently, we were excited that uh, Jason Carter Solomon was able to join the bank. Jason's got extensive commercial real estate experience that adds uh, to that important piece of business that we do. We've seen a lot of development of commercial real estate over the last couple of years. Primarily people that want to own their own building. We, as you know, we focus a hev- heavily on owner occupied small businesses, closely held businesses. And a lot of those people own their own business. And some of them are a little bit larger. And so, you know, adding somebody like Jason that's got significant expertise in other forms of commercial lending was a big deal. And we were also able to add uh, Katie Guthrie who is head of our treasury management group. And we were really excited to have her come over. It was a significant upgrade that we were looking to perform. You know, a lot of customers use treasury management services. And so the more we can you know, add to the bench, give expertise to our people internally and to our customers, that's always a good thing. Yes, it is. Uh, I've actually played golf once with Jason. Uh, oh, yeah. I think it was last summer, actually. Uh, we were connected through a mutual friend. Uh, I know he's very engaged in the community as well. Yes. Um, we had quite a day. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. But it was a pleasure to meet him. And I'm excited when I saw the release uh, and that uh, whether it was – I think it was in the Business Journal. There was an article about it. Uh, right. That was really cool news. So I'll have to reach out to him at some point. Maybe we'll get him on the show as well. Alan Ferris is the Senior Vice President of Landmark National Bank. And Alan, I, I always forget to do this, but – you know, you've, you've got over 40 years of experience as well in the, in the banking world and kind of managing, uh, managing these types of projects and, you know, and lending and 
uh, business development, cash management under your belt as well. All true. Another way of saying I'm getting a little old, <laughs> but wiser. You do a great job. You do a great job, and we'd love having you on the show uh, as a guest co-host. Uh, you know, you know, whenever we can. And so I'm excited to have on Michelle Markey again. She is the CEO of Skillpath. Their website is skillpath.com on today's show. Um, and then I want to I want to remind our uh, listeners that they can connect with me on social media. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Also on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Jason Grill. So thank you so much for engaging. And, uh, you know, we've got so many great shows coming up. And today will be another great one again with uh, Michelle Markey from Skillpath. She's the leader there, the CEO. Uh, she's uh, she's going to be a lot interesting and a lot of fun to talk to, to on today's show. So I appreciate you joining us today, whether you're on podcast, on uh, radio, on uh, our website, however you're watching or listening. Thank you so much. We'll be right back after the break with more of the Grill Nation show. Thanks for tuning in. Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining us today, whether you're on the radio, on podcast, on our website, grillnationshow.com. Uh, welcome back to the show. Again, we're joined by Alan Ferris from Landmark National Bank. Banklandmark.com is their website. Fabulous bank. And as we talked about in the first segment today, just, just they just are helping out so many people and growing each and every day and becoming uh, award winners as well in the process. They, uh, they have connected us to Michelle Markey, who is our guest today. She is the CEO of Skillpath. Their website is skillpath.com. Michelle, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. So um, let's talk about your background and journey. Tell us about yourself. I, uh, I'm very interested to hear about your path to where you are today. So uh, let's, let's, start with, uh, let's start with college. I think you, were, uh, you, think you went to school in St. Louis, then you kind of made your way over to Kansas City, correct? I was actually in Fulton, Missouri, at William Woods. It's an all-women's all school at the time. Um, and so I, there was an all-men's school, which you may have heard of, which is Westminster. Which so, is my alma mater. Yes, that's right, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting because we had a cooperative program. So I graduated with two majors and two minors, and one of my majors was actually Via Westminster was political science. So, anyway, um, I yeah, ended up down to Westminster. They have the uh, the, the Churchill deal, yep. right? Okay. So he made he made his Iron Curtain speech there. Right. So, okay. Yeah. Very familiar. That's awesome. So you uh, so you're from that area, or you went to school in that area? I went to school. I'm from Kansas City. Okay. Uh, so I ended up back home, and you know, I uh, had intentions on going to law school. Something that I know you've done. I did. I did. I <laughs> and had of being a congressperson one day. But that same for me. Same <laughs> for me. That was my path. And, you know, I got a teaching degree as just something to fall back on. I was just basically a little bit of a conservative person. So I need a plan B. Mm-hmm. And so I got a teaching degree as well. And um, when I did my student teaching, I, I just loved it. And so I told, I'd already taken my LSAT. And I told my parents, you know, I think I'm going to pause just for a year and teach. And uh, 
I got a job down at 16th and Paseo, uh, making 8,000 a year. Wow. <laughs> and that seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. Um, but you probably yeah, I, learned a lot in that experience though. I did. And you know, the kids were honestly, the kids were great, but the, the pay was just horrible. So, um, and that, I, that's still a problem today, Michelle, with, with teachers and keeping teachers in Kansas City, Missouri. And, and yeah, it's, it's, we still haven't solved that problem yet. So. No, we haven't. And it's, I mean, it's, it's pervasive people leaving, entering and leaving that field. And it's just, it's tough, but it's, it's a calling, I think for a lot of people. And for me, I didn't realize it at the time, but the instructional aspect, the learning and development aspect really spoke to me. And honestly, I ended up following that career path and uh, never going to law school, which is okay. Uh, You save a lot of money probably doing that. Yeah, true, (laughs) true. Maybe I'll end up in Congress someday, however. Who knows? I'd vote for you. Thank you. Um, so you so you worked through that, and then you did a lot of training, right? Yeah. So I I actually was teaching college in the evenings. I'd gone back and gotten my master's degree and was teaching college, and and I'd realized at that point I enjoyed the learning and development, and so uh, I ended up doing some work for at the time Paget Thompson which was an American Management Association owned organization. And I, I did some training for them and that just actually set me on a career path. And, and for years I was in learning and development and training and at various organizations and running my own business for quite some time. Wow. And, yeah. it, and it, it, at one point we'll just, we'll just, we'll just fast pace yeah. move up to Kaufman. You, you were a vice president of Kaufman fast track. Uh, Tell us about that and how that all worked out and played out for you. Well, so I um, actually had been talking to a friend of mine and needed some, he's an attorney and and he's also a trainer, needed some legal advice about some training I was developing. And he said, you know, Michelle, my daughter is actually running Fast Track and she could really use somebody like you to join that program. You may have heard of Alana Mueller. Mm -hmm. And so at the time I spoke with Alana and she recruited me to um, Fast Track because it had been spun off from the foundation as its own separate 501c3. So we were launching it actually as a startup and um, actually became wildly successful in an, in its own right, aside from the foundation, which was, it was gratifying to see. Mm-hmm. Very so. cool. And that's kind of when I, when I kind of met you, yeah. um, and just a lot of entrepreneurs that I had known and, had gone through it or decided they needed to do it. So that's pretty cool. And then of course you, uh, you did some other stuff. You, you know, were very, very involved in the community, which we'll get into later, but then you found yourself at skill path. Um, first of all, we tried to explain it to Alan and I in the first segment, but, uh, I think we could probably do that better as CEO. Tell us about Colin, what skill path is. So skill path is a learning and development organization that, as you said, we provide, training to professionals worldwide uh, with strategic and innovative solutions. And as quickly as the world is changing and as business is evolving and as companies need to continually look at means and methods to stay relevant in an ever-changing world, training needs are are the th- common thread that underlies all that innovation. And so what SkillPath does is really provides those sorts of training opportunities for organizations throughout really not just U.S., but worldwide. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Alan, we talked about some of those organizations in the first segment, but let's kind of hone in uh, more in depthly kind of on Michelle and kind of who your clients are, customers and verticals you work in. I know it sounds like everyone, but mm-hmm. uh, define for us kind of who really uh, gets the most and can add, can really kind of benefit from what SkillPath offers. Many 997 of the Fortune 1000 companies and all the things that you talked about earlier, but well, honestly- You weren't in all those places when you started, Michelle. They you were. Grown. We've grown. And, and actually, we, we're doing uh, some work international, too. But really, our sweet spot is organizations that have somewhere between 50 and maybe 5,000. You know, the, the big organizations oftentimes have their own internal training departments. But that being said, we are in some very, very large organizations. But our sweet spot is really kind of the, the midsize market, if you will. Mm-hmm. So our verticals tend to be uh, education, the federal government. When I say education, higher ed, um, federal government, insurance, real estate. Uh, we're very prominent in the, the areas of HR. We do, we do a variety of different training, but HR, OSHA, Excel, communications, leadership training, uh, finance and accounting is a big area as well. And we're entering, um, you know, things like cybersecurity, which is in today's world, uh, top of mind with what we've seen recently with the pipeline and the, the, the beef plants being under attack. It's, it's just rampant. So. Alan, I think it's pretty fascinating how, uh, how big this organization is. You, you got to imagine there's, there's people now with the internet and with, um, you know, with everything we've learned throughout zoom and virtual and what we're doing here right now that, there's probably more competitors now than you yeah. ever have, but yet you're you're doing more than sixteen thousand trainings a year. Yeah, it, it, you're right about that. It's so interesting when I talk about the type of training we do and supporting organizations that are um, defining how to remain relevant and innovate. We have to put ourselves at the front of the line. We have to, you know, follow the same kind of mindset, and so. We do a lot of training, but we've got to continue to offer training that's relevant and timely and offer topics that are trending. So this past year, some of the things that we delivered training on were how should HR respond to COVID-related situations, um, you know, marijuana in the, mor- in the workplace, as we've seen more and more states legalize medical marijuana. Those are not topics we would have had, you know, two years ago. So the need to continue to offer things that are timely is, is really critical for us. Mm-hmm. Jason, one of the things that I was most impressed with SkillPath, you know, we talk a lot about what COVID did in the marketplace. Well, SkillPath started to pivot how they deliver their services. You know, for many, many years, SkillPath was a company, you'd get a catalog in the mail, you'd sign up, you'd go, and you'd do face-to-face training. Well, a few years ago, they started to recognize the way the world was changing, and they had started to change to more of an online delivery product. Well, COVID put an end to all face-to-face training, and SkillPath was able to rapidly deploy the technology that allowed them to go to almost, Michelle, what, almost 100% online delivery? Correct. Correct. At a given point, we, we had to go to 100%. So when I came here from the Kauffman Foundation, 
it wasn't just Skillpath. It was this entire industry. Us and our competitors, uh, this industry was in dire need of of innovation. It, it was operating with the same set of rules it had for 30 years. And so over this past year, Alan's 100% right. We were starting to investigate that, but we had to catapult ourselves into really a virtual delivery organization, which, you know, when I came here was something that I was asking about, why are we not doing this? We should be a more digital organization. And, and today we are. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, really changed our business model significantly. Uh, Before we go to break here, I just have a quick question on uh, the average age or stage of career for the professional development program. Yeah, it's typically mid-level career, although we do see early early stage two. So uh, some of our our supervisory programs, we see a lot of people that have been promoted into a supervisor or managerial role that may not have any real background in that. So that is a sweet spot for us and has been for years, but we continually see uh, early to mid-level supervisors and managers mm-hmm. in, our, in our programs. Well, with this segment flew by, we're going to have much more with Michelle Markey and Alan Ferris here after the break. I want to break down kind of you know, who, who, how do these people teach these classes? Who are the ones doing it? Kind of some of the most popular programs, how you've connected with Alan and Landmark National Bank. Just so much more to talk about here on the Grill Nation Show. Thanks for joining us today on the radio, on podcasts, or on our website, grillnationshow.com. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill. Great show so far. Again, joined by Alan Ferris, Landmark National Bank. Their website is banklandmark.com. And Michelle Markey, uh, CEO of Skillpath, a very interesting company that we're learning more about. Their website is skillpath.com. Michelle, before we kind of get into some other topics, please, we kind of were talking about uh you know, who, who goes through these programs and what part of their career, but what are some of the most popular programs maybe they could point to that are things that you have to do or that you highly recommend that somebody that's listening to the show should, uh, should take as a training? So two of our most popular that come to mind immediately are management and supervisory skills, leadership skills for first-time managers. So that hits that sweet spot. And then uh, this one is interesting to me, but it's super relevant, and that's communicating with tact and professionalism that continually over the years is one of our most sought after training programs. And I think the dynamics in the workplace um, over the past year years have mandated that in this last year with people being remote and communication being different, it it's continues to pop to the top of the list. Tell us about, we talked about this a little bit on the break on the live stream, but tell us about kind of the makeup of your team. Because when you have 16,000 training sessions, you have what happened last year with COVID, you have to find these people, you have to train these people, then they have to train others. Uh, what is that like? And how have you, how do you manage all that as CEO? As far as our trainers, all of our trainers are independent contractors, okay. which is really actually perfect. These people are subject matter experts in whatever the field is. So we have attorneys, we have accountants, we have psychologists, we have people that are professionals in in their own right that also are have an investment in helping others learn specifics as it pertains to topics that fall under, you know, their kind of their purview. So HR, we have we have attorneys that do a lot of our HR law 
courses, accountants that do accounting for non-financial or state tax sorts of things. So, and, and then another area that we have specific um, professionals is in OSHA. Uh, those folks mm-hmm. are certified. And so we, we really seek out those individuals that, that have special areas, specialty areas, but we also want people that come from business that have been in management that have experienced what it, it takes to lead teams effectively uh, and to really work through some of the challenges that we know our participants are coming to us to solve. Yeah, you have to have a professional degree, a bachelor's or higher. Yep. You know, um, real world experience is always important. I'm looking at your right. website right now. And yep. Presentation skills, man. I'll tell you what, I've learned over the last year, <laughs> you don't know how to do an online slideshow or presentation these days. It's not good. And I've never been good at those. So that's not a good thing. <laughs> It's something that, you know, we vet them, obviously, pretty uh, heavily. And then once we vetted them and we say, okay, we'd love to work with you, there are a set of criteria that they have to pass, essentially. So it's it's a pretty rigorous um, kind of process to become a trainer for us, but it's in the best interest of our our participants that we give them not just somebody that's knowledgeable, but that can actually communicate well, can present well enough so that the information is easily understood and transferable. So again, it's one thing to, to have subject matter knowledge, but if you can't effectively deliver it or train it or communicate it that to the participants, it's, it's a loss. So we put them through a pretty, pretty rigorous process. Hey, Alan, how did you guys connect Landmark National Bank and SkillPath? Well, I met Michelle when she joined SkillPath. We had started doing business with SkillPath about a year and a half, two years before Michelle joined the company. Uh, they're located over in Mission, and they've got a couple buildings, and they were in the process of trying to do a major remodeling of the business. And we got introduced through a, a former uh, executive at the company, and it, it just seemed to be a very good fit. And we've worked with them. Uh, gosh, I, I, we're coming up, Michelle, on five years. I believe so. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> God, time flies when you're having fun. It does. <laughs> well, I'm sure they've been a good partner, too, obviously, for skill path and the growth. That's for sure. It's been uh, mutually beneficial. It's wonderful to have that kind of relationship, a professional relationship among your colleagues, I suppose. Yes. It is. And, you know, one of the things that we alluded to earlier is it's wonderful, fascinating, and rewarding to watch how companies dealt with this once-in-a-lifetime issue called the pandemic. How did they pivot? Mm. What did they do to make themselves continue to be successful? And in SkillPath's case, make themselves even more successful than they were before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Well, let's so, talk about that, Michelle. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Tell us how you did that. I mean, obviously, it was it was a tough time for businesses and you know, frankly, in your, your past life and for entrepreneurs and for, you know, uh, for those that were thinking about starting a business now, a lot of them have, but, uh, as you know, as well as anyone, uh, the amount of people starting new companies and entrepreneurs is down in the last mm-hmm. 20 years. Right. Um, tell us how you kind of advanced out of this and, uh, kind of grew through the pandemic as far as like innovation and, uh, and, and, and helping your company actually provide better uh, services. Yeah, I, I'm so glad you asked this because we have, I think, an incredible story to tell. So let me let me just preface what I'm going to sh- share with you with this. We had we just ended our fiscal year. We had the most profitable year this company's had in ten years. 
this past year. And so the pandemic was part of it, but I'm not going to give complete credit to that, even though it's a negative thing that happened. It wasn't just the pandemic. It's it's the way we choose to run and operate our business. So we actually are, are very cost conscious. We're very uh, operationally minded and we, we really watch what we do. But the bigger story here is, as Alan spoke to earlier, our transition to virtual training has been significant. So the interesting thing about going to a virtual training model as a general high level view, uh, your margins are always better because you don't have the same expense associated with travel and marketing and those sorts of things. But this is what I think is interesting. With a virtual model, we can come up with new trending topics and put them out to market much quicker than we could with the old model of having to spend six months, really about six months, developing the program, marketing the program, putting it in a given market and hoping that it works with an investment of many, many thousands of dollars. In today's world, we can develop market and have it out in a span of probably four weeks. And if if the demand's there, great. If it's not, we can pull back with very little cost investment. So we've, we've really put the, the lens on our business as to what is what is the best use of the personnel. We, we have a smaller staff than we did, but our ability to stay abreast of trending topics and using a word I've already used several times, be relevant in the marketplace in a way that we couldn't two years ago has been significant for us. Now you guys are a nonprofit. Am I, am I dreaming that or is yep. that Okay, so so you do a lot with um, scholarships. Tell us about that and kind we of do. what what you do to fund uh, you know future leaders of our uh, state and country. Yeah, absolutely. We are owned by Graceland University out of Lamoni, Iowa, uh, and all of our excess uh, funds go to provide scholarships to students at Graceland. Um, which is, is, it's, it's, we are very mission focused. And so helping students in a liberal arts education achieve, um, and learn what they need to, to be successful in their careers has been successful. And honestly, our relationship with Graceland has been, it's just been such an incredible synergy between the two organizations. We're very like-minded. We're both very aligned with the mission. And together, the collaboration has been really incredible. So uh, I expect that over the course of the next year or more, you'll see even more publicly as it relates to this relationship. And I, I expect it to grow even more so than it has in the last year. That's great to hear. Michelle Markey is with us, CEO of SkillPath. Uh, also joining us today is Alan Ferris from Landmark National Bank, Senior Vice President. You got you have such a passion about business growth, Michelle, and entrepreneurship. Why do you have that? Why are you so passionate about these two things? I, I just can tell it when I talk to you and when we do our research for the show. It's, it comes out very clearly. Yeah, I think um, it, so many people have such great ideas and things that are that are going to change not just their world, but are, can impact our communities and others. And giving them a structure to be able to take that idea, develop that idea, vet it for go, no go, and move forward in a way that is thoughtful and measured and can really come to fruition. It's it's not complicated. And I think sometimes people make it overly complicated, but with the right guidance, uh, people can really work to 
take something uh, that's an idea and, and bring it to fruition. That being said, we also know not every idea is a great idea. And so what we <laughs> want is people not to invest their 401k or 403b in something that hasn't got any legs. So I love to see people pursue their passion as, as long as they keep an eye on the uh, kind of the black and white side of the business and, and actually bring it to reality. That's awesome. And your, your, your handle on Twitter is she venture. Is that right? Yeah, It is. In fact, I wrote a book called she venture. Yeah, tell us about that briefly. Yeah. So I, uh, so when I was at the Kauffman foundation, one of the, the roles that I played for the foundation was uh, if there were speaking events or media or different things like that, I would often be the person that would do that for them. And more times than I can tell you, I would speak at an event and almost 100% of the time after I'd finished speaking and everything was over, I'd have people come up and talk to me. And frequently I'd find women saying to me privately, I've always had an idea, but, and then after the, but they would fill in with whatever self doubt they had. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough money. I don't know how to manage this with my family and, and daycare children, whatever it might be. And I just felt like at a certain point, those doubts needed to be brought to the forefront and really given perspective. Uh, Those doubts are not always reality. Well said. We're going to get back to this right after the break. You're listening to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM KMBZ or on podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us. We'll get right to our next segment here with Michelle Markey, CEO of SkillPath. Their website is skillpath.com. And Alan Ferris, Senior Vice President of Landmark National Bank. Check them out at banklandmark.com. I really appreciate them for supporting the show and for helping us uh, put on this show today with Michelle. Michelle, you have a quote on your uh, LinkedIn page, and it says, if, if it's both terrifying and amazing, then you should definitely pursue it. That's on your, uh, you know, your, uh, your header there. Tell us about why you put that quote up there and why it's important to you. You know, in the last segment, we talked about people, women in particular, having a lot of self-doubt. And, and that's just been my experience in, you know, over the years. Um, I put that up there because if I was at a, a, a attending a, a conference at one point, and one of the questions that was posed to us was what what would it say on your gravestone? And, you know, at the time I hadn't seen that quotation, but uh, what I said I want on my gravestone is she said yes. Mm-hmm. And so be willing to take that leap, to to stretch yourself beyond your comfort zone, um, to get over whatever self-doubt you have. I, I find it to be very self-limiting. And uh, I, I personally think that um, saying yes and then saying, you know what, I'm going to figure it out as I go is probably the best motto. And so that's why it's up there. As a man who has not had kids yet, I spent a Saturday with three kids, uh, two four-year-old twins and a two-year-old. And I felt myself uh, feeling terrified all day long (laughs) about having three kids. But 
you you just make it through it. Like you just said, you you figure out ways to make it work. And yeah. uh, I love that quote. I'm going to have to definitely put that up on the refrigerator or something so yeah. I don't forget it. Who is your mentor, Michelle? Uh, and how do they help you reach your goals or impact you? My mentor is is somebody that I've mentioned on this show, and that's Alana Mueller. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Alana on a personal level. She's uh, she's a personal friend, but she's also a strong mentor for me. She she embodies the kind of giving that I think is important. She's a very generous and giving person when it comes to her time, her advice, her willingness to help people. And she's not only generous, she's, she's brilliant. And she's, she's just somebody when I really need to ground myself, other than my husband, obviously, uh, from a professional standpoint, uh, she's who I reach out to. She's, she's my, uh, my, she's my person. And uh, she's she's just really been useful and helpful to me. That's a great answer. I need to reach out to her myself and uh, bring her on the show again at some point or have her on uh, just to learn from her as well. Since you've become CEO, what have you learned? I mean, uh, you've been in this role now, what, for what, two or three years now? or more? Uh, A little bit less. Yeah. It was a year. Okay. okay. Yeah. So um, tell us about what you have learned and maybe you didn't expect as a, the leader of the organization. I've learned a lot of positives, but I'll tell you the one thing that is it's been interesting to me as far as it's, it sounds going to sound negative, but um, you know, the business aspect of running a business is pretty straightforward. You just keep your eye on the expenses. Uh, you make calculated risks. So risk is always good as long as it's calculated. Uh, and, and you, you know, you rely, I have an incredible team. I have an incredible, incredible team of executives that work with me that are, I mean, literally when I look around my executive table, these people are at the top of their game. I have Courtney Clark, who oversees operations, Abby Sitzman, who's our CFO, Katie Parrish, who oversees our content, Jennifer Barrington, brilliant, brilliant lady who oversees marketing and, and Kenny. And now we've just hired a new person, uh, Pete Serna, who's uh, leading up our sales effort. That being said, having the right team is incredibly important. I, I've learned that. Uh, the second thing is of all the things that you might think are challenging as a CEO, the most challenging are HR issues. They really are. It's just, they're just pretty consistent. Even when you run a, um, right. an organization that is, um, you know, open and uh, everything's moving the right way. HR is always, it can be a challenge. It's more than just uh, finding employees, right? And uh, putting up LinkedIn posts about new jobs. I mean, it's very, it's very tough to, uh, to manage all that. And and that kind of leads me to my next question is if you had to pick one training for your business that you had to take or recommend, what would it be and why? Would it be an HR training? Would it be a leadership training? What would it, what would it be? Well, I think it depends on your position. If it were, you know, HR, as far as managers, that's one thing. But I think one that I would suggest that spans job title is workplace collaboration strategies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think everybody needs that, you know, C-level folks included. How do you collaborate with others in a way that that is is good for you? It's good for the organization. Um what do you, how do you manage and communicate with cross-functional teams? And frankly, today, I don't know about uh, what you guys are seeing, but I don't expect most organizations to go back to a full five-day-in-the-office kind of environment. 
Some will, some won't. So we're going to have some form of hybrid is my belief, at least for the next year, few years. So that changes the dynamics of workplace collaboration. So I think that's one that I would recommend across the board for people. Alan, I saw you shake your head there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've got uh, kind of a mantra inside the bank that, you know, it's amazing how successful you can be when you don't care who gets the credit. Right. And that really goes to the heart of collaboration. You know, the more you work together, the better the result for everybody internally and especially for the customer. Yeah. And I, I'll add to that, you know, the success that SkillPath has had over this last year is, is not is not because I'm in the CEO role. It's because of the, the team of people. And it's not just the executive team. It is everybody that walks through the doors of these places, whether it's virtually or not. It is a collaborative effort. Now, the collaboration is actually really key here. Sounds like that's what makes a good leader, Michelle. It, is that you're, you're, t- you're telling us essentially you got to have a good team and you got to collaborate. And you've got to be willing to uh, leave your ego. I mean, I, I don't have a big ego, I don't think, but you've got to you've got to be willing to say, you know what, you, that idea sounds great, and then not only should we go with that, I want to give I want to give you the the credit, and it. it it really is. It is important for a leader to be generous in their approach to how they run their business. And to me, that's probably the most important trait of a good leader. For both of you, if you could have dinner with one person, who would it be and why? And they have to be alive. So essentially, so our listeners can maybe engage with them at some point. <laughs> well, I I have two, but I'll, okay. I'll pick one. Okay. Uh, it'd probably be Condoleezza Rice. Is okay. who I, would I like Condi a lot. Uh, there's a lot that you she do have has. a lot of political, uh, uh, you know, charisma about you, Michelle, and she's been in government for a long time and in the private sector, right? Yeah, because my second was Nikki Haley. <laughs> there you go. So there yeah. you, go. you really are engaged in this uh, this world of female leadership. That's, Absolutely. That's for sure. I'll, I'll ask you that one too. We'll get you in here. Barack Obama. Okay, now we're all into the political <laughs> world here. I wouldn't mind going golfing with Barack Obama. That'd be kind of fun, I think. Well, I'll drive Uh, the cart. I'll let you golf. (laughs) You'll take some photos maybe from the golf cart. Yeah, that's right. Um, Well, Michelle, we're really excited about you and what you're doing. And, uh, you know, obviously as we finish here, what's next for SkillPath? How, how, you know, you're halfway through 2021. What does the, the future of the year look like for you? Yeah, so the future of the year is uh, we're going to be expanding our offerings, as as we've talked about. Uh, we're going to be engaging with a variety of new types of different platforms and modes. Um, I, my my belief is over the next year years uh, that you will see SkillPath hockey stick in our growth. We love to hear that, and yeah. then you'll uh, you'll have to reach out to Alan Ferris at Landmark National Bank with that. <laughs> Yeah, we will. <laughs> hey, everyone. Really appreciate it. Michelle and Alan. Uh, Alan Ferris, Landmark National Bank, banklandmark.com, and Michelle Markey, CEO of SkillPath. The website is skillpath.com. Check it out. I appreciate you joining me on the, on the show today. Thank you. We will see you again next week. Have a great day and take care. 